Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. God bless you this morning and happy Easter. I'm going to get right into the word this morning. I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles there with you, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Luke 24, 1 through 12. And it says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they had uh, went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood beside them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and, the, uh, and, and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose, and he ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Amen. And there's a resurrection story right there. Happy Resurrection Sunday, church. Uh, we, man, it, it's so good to be in the presence of God with you this Easter morning. We miss you so much. Man, we miss you guys. I uh, wish we could see you guys in y'all's Easter best. Some of y'all go nuts with it. Um, and it's always fun to see. But we are, we are encouraging you to, to take a selfie of, of you and, and maybe your family uh, and, and whatever Whatever you're wearing for, for this Easter might be pajamas. That's all good. Um, but, but use the hashtag Easter at NUMA. Make sure it's appropriate. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it's, we're, we're still celebrating. Just because we're not here uh, together in the room doesn't mean that we're not celebrating. I know that this feels different. Um, it feels, it, it's been feeling different for some time now, but especially with this being Easter Sunday, uh, what normally is a day where Every uh, seat in the house is is packed, and again, everyone is wearing their their Easter best, and 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 there's smile on everyone's faces, and it's just it feels like a party. Um, that's not that doesn't seem to be the case here, at least with our eyes, because we're we're ministering here in a kind of an empty building. Um, but I wanna I wanna encourage you this morning. You know, maybe 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 it feels different in your life right now. There's a lot of people who are not fond of different. People don't like change. My wife is one of those people who does not like change. And these are, we're living in times of, 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 of different right now. But I want to encourage you and let you know that different doesn't have to be a bad thing. It does not have to be a bad thing. Changing your normal doesn't have to be a bad thing. And one of the reasons I think that different can be a good thing is because if you think about it, miracles don't typically happen in normal environments. You thought about that? If you look throughout the scriptures, if you read any time that there's a miracle present, normal had already been disrupted. In fact, miracles don't just emerge in the abnormal, they emerge in the 
impossible. When an abnormal disease sweeps through your immune system and the doctors are saying uh, to find a cure, it's going to be impossible. Well, that's when God gets to do the miracle. When your marriage is already destroyed and it's irreparable and not even the marriage counselors can help you, that's when God gets to do the miracle. When death thinks that it has the final say and everyone just bows down to it like it's the king of everything, that's when God gets to do the miracle. And so I want to remind you this morning, maybe you are in an impossible situation. Maybe you don't know how you're going to pay your bills and the and next week, and it's just impossible, and you're looking at your finances, you're looking at your situation, and you're like, man, this is impossible. I'm ready to go back to normalcy. But maybe God is getting ready to do the impossible. Maybe he is getting ready to make the impossible possible, but first, in order to get there, the impossible has to emerge. So I just wanted to encourage you with that this morning. Um, The title of my message this morning comes from something that Jesus spent uh, much of the latter part of his ministry preaching and teaching to his disciples and the people close to him, but a lot of them didn't understand it. This is one of those things that kind of just went over people's head when he would give them instruction on it. When Jesus told his disciples that it was necessary for him to be crucified and that he would resurrect three days later, they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. Not only did they not get it, uh, they failed to focus on the resurrection part. They just focused on the death. And so in Matthew 16, when Jesus is telling the apostles this, Peter pulls Jesus to the side, and the Bible says that Peter rebuked Jesus. He said, nah, Jesus, far be it from you, Lord. I am never going to let that happen to you. It's why when Jesus was arrested, Peter got on the defensive because he knew that that this was probably the beginning of the end, and that's why he got violent with the centurion guard. He chopped his ear off. It's why on the road to Emmaus, after the resurrection, there were these two men Jesus encountered. They were walking, and they were saddened, and, and, and they were talking about how, how terrible, what a tragedy it was that their Lord Jesus had to go to the cross and die. And Jesus says to them, you fools, did you not know that this had to happen? They didn't get it. Even though it was said over and over and over again, even though it was prophesied uh, hundreds of years before in the Old Testament, even though there was a promise there, people either ignored it, they didn't get it, or they just focused so much on the front end rather than what was going to result. And I think the latter of which we do very often, we, we look at what must go into something and we let the front end, the hard work, determine our whole feeling about the whole thing. That's why people can't do diets. You want to lose weight, but you look at what you got to do to get there. You're like, ah, maybe not. It's why people can't be disciplined. It's why people don't want to do all the work, even though they know that there was a result on the back end. So the title of my message this morning is, this is a must. This is a must. I want you to type that in the comments. I, I, I like to do this thing where, where when people are here in the room, I like y'all to repeat certain things, just to make sure y'all are paying attention. Do that in the comments. Say it. This is a must. And while you do that, I'm going to take off my jacket because, man, Easter best doesn't always do good for the, for the sweat glands. My dad preached the sermon this morning, and uh, you, you think that he got baptized. <laughs> Amen. It had to be frustrating for Jesus saying it over and over and over again. Think about 
Think about your kids. You probably tell them the same thing over and over and over again. Or, or if you're my wife, you tell me the same thing over and over and over again. And uh, sometimes I just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And so it had to be frustrating for Jesus to say this same thing over and over again. This had to happen. And every time it was talked about, that Jesus had to go to the cross. I, I just imagined the scene kind of just like in, in the room, everything just got awkward. Everything like, like the energy in the room just kind of sank to, to zero because the, the disciples were probably telling one another, oh, there goes Jesus talking about death again. He's so morbid, man. Why is he always talking about death, right? No one wanted to think about Jesus being put to death. We don't like talking about death. I remember asking my parents one time when I was a kid, if I was, if they were going to die, one day. And, and my dad always gave it to me straight. You know, he never sugarcoated anything. And uh, he said, well, you know, Ryan, one day we're all going to die. And, and that, that really messed me up because first of all, I was asking if he was going to die. I didn't think I wasn't expecting to be included in that, but he said, we're all going to die. And, and, and I got sad because I, one, I don't want to think about my parents passing away. I don't want to think about myself passing away. And so I'm sure that this same sentiment was felt among everyone who ever heard Jesus talk about his death. Like, okay, Jesus, we get it. Everybody's going to die. Everyone's going to get to that moment. Okay, but do we have to talk about it right now? Can we just celebrate? Can we just be in the moment? Can we just go out and, and do miracles and just have a good time? Do we have to talk about death all the time? Last weekend, I, I, I mentioned to some of you that, that our German shepherd of nine years, we woke up to him in our living room. He was, he was dead. He was gone. Um, and, uh, you know, my wife and I, were, we were taking his, his body to the nearest animal clinic, and my mom came over to watch the girls, and, and uh, Melissa and I were, were kind of debating, like, what do we tell Layla? Do we tell her what actually happened, or do we tell her something else happened? Two years ago, our other dog, Leo, he passed away, and that time, we just told Layla that he, he moved. He, you know, he went to go be with, with someone else, you know, he, he was just kind of getting tired, and so he, he, he moved somewhere else. And, and, and so she was two then. Now she's four. She has a better concept of what it means when someone passes away. So we were kind of debating, do we tell her or do we not? Um, death is one of those conversations, like I said, people like to avoid. We don't like to talk about it. We don't even like to think about it, but it's a reality. And so ultimately, we decided to tell Layla that, that Rocky died. I mean, we made a big deal about it. We, we took her aside to the room and we're like, okay, man, this is going to be hard. Melissa was hardy crying because she had to tell her. And Layla took it very, very well. Like no tears, no questions, no heart, just cold-blooded. <laughs> she just said, oh, okay. You know, but, but why do we avoid the death conversation? Why do we hate it so much? Why, why, why do we hate thinking about our loved ones leaving us? Because it's so final. It's death. Death is the end. So when someone talks about it, it makes us feel uncomfortable. And the only time we, we ever talk about it is, is when it's already happened at funerals. And I believe that's why Peter got so upset when Jesus talked about it. I believe it's why he became violent when he thought that, okay, the beginning of the end is happening. This arrest is going to lead to his crucifixion. And so I better just do everything that I can to stop it. But, but, but why did Jesus talk about it so freely? Why was Jesus not even phased by talking about this thing that we like to avoid? It was because he knew something that no one else yet could understand. And that's that death could be defeated. Jesus knew that death had a weak spot. 
He knew that death was no champion like, like, like we crown it to be the champion, right? Death didn't intimidate Jesus. And so the reason that he could talk about it like it wasn't even a thing was because he knew that in order to prove it, he had to go through it to defeat it. In order to prove that death had no power, he had to pass through it and come out on the other side. See, sometimes, church, you have to go through something to prove to yourself that it was conquerable. You have to do it. It's a must. There's no way out of it. Sometimes you have to go through what you thought would kill you, and it turns out that you actually killed it. What you thought would end you, what you thought would be just just utterly uh, destructive to your life, you saw it to the end and you came out even stronger. Sometimes the things we go through are a must. And that's a hard word to accept. It's hard to accept it. And it's not something that's very sensitive. And if, if you're going to your friend and you're telling them about all the problems that you have and they say to you, well, maybe you have to go through this. Yeah, it's insensitive, but you know what? Sometimes it's true. Sometimes you have to go through the things that you're going through. You have to. Sometimes the things we go through are necessary so that we can see it, that through Christ, we could do all things. And if, if you, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but had Jesus not conquered death, he couldn't have been God. I, I, I heard this argument one time from this atheist who said, how is Jesus really a sacrifice if God gave him to the world, but three days later he took him back? That's not a sacrifice. He just, he just borrowed it. And, and the response to that was, well, if there was no resurrection, there was no power. And as Christians, we don't celebrate the death of Christ. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ because that's where the power is. That's, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means for us to die to our sin, but to come back triumphant. It's, it's the resurrection that gives power to everything that we believe. The, the death is only the first part of it. And had Jesus not conquered death, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been God. So, so this final step was the fulfillment of everything that Jesus said about himself. He said, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the Son of God. I am the Son of Man. My kingdom is not of this world. All of that was shown to be true through the resurrection. All the other miracles were cool, man. I mean, walking on water, that's, that's pretty cool. Healing the sick with no medical supplies, no medical degree, that's, that's cool. Raising a man to, to life, that's really, really cool. But being dead for three days and then popping up like it's just another day, that's the miracle of miracles, man. But you can't get a resurrection without first seeing death. So it was a must. It was a must. And what if the situation that you're in today, the situation that God is allowing you to go through, isn't, isn't because you did something wrong? Like Job's friends thought, thought about him. When he was going through his tribulations, they, they told him, maybe you just did something wrong, man. Maybe you need to repent. Clearly, clearly th- th- this is on you. Maybe it's not that. Maybe God's not angry with you. What if it's not, well, you know, just 
Life just happens sometimes. What, what if it's just necessary? What if it's a must? What if today is something that you have to go through in order for tomorrow to be uh, achieved stronger? And you don't want to think about it. You don't want to think about the situation that you're in. You don't want to talk about it. Maybe you're trying to ignore it. Maybe you're taking it out to the back and you're rebuking it. And you're rebuking your hardship. And you're rebuking your trials and your tribulations. You're rebuking it. You're rebuking the, the, the beating that you're taking. But, but, but God is saying, wait, wait, wait. This is necessary. Don't rebuke me just yet because it's me doing it. I'm doing it. I'm putting you through this. Sometimes, church, pain is, is necessary. Hardship is necessary. Things that we can't understand and we wonder why a, a good and loving God would put us all through this. Those are things that we must endure. The sad thing is, when these situations arise, and, and, and when, we're, when we're in the flames, and we're in the wilderness, and we're in those situations that we don't understand, and, and everything's just chaos, a lot of times, what do we do? We, we fold. We accept defeat. We accept defeat. I remember making plans this past at the end of 2019 with Melissa, um, we, we, we planned out, you know, 2020, we, we planned out the whole decade. We wrote down our plans, and, and, and maybe you did the same thing. Maybe you had plans for this year for your home. Maybe you wanted to start a business. Maybe you wanted to, to start coming to church every Sunday. Maybe you wanted to, to buy a house, and then COVID-19 happened, or something else happened. And all your plans went out the dream. Now you're saying, well, well maybe next year. I, I don't know. This messed me up. And we become people of excuses. Oh, well, this messed me up. I can't do it. And you're accepting defeat. Verse 1 of this, of this passage that we just read, it says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, and they were taking spices that they had prepared. The Gospel of Mark tells us that they were going to go anoint Jesus with these spices. The purpose of doing that was to help minimize the the odor that would naturally come from a decomposing body. So these women, they were going to the tomb with these spices. They weren't expecting to see Jesus risen from the dead. The fact that they were going to, to prepare his body suggested that they expected Jesus to be lying there dead in the tomb. That's what happens when people die. They, they stay dead. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with with, with thinking that, that a dead man is going to keep on staying dead. The problem is, though, that Jesus had been saying this was going to happen. He said it over and over and over again. I had to go through this. He had been saying that he was going to die, but then he would resurrect. He said it here. He said it in John uh, 2, 19. I will, ri- I will raise this temple in three days. He said it when he compared himself to, to Jonah and how Jonah was in the belly of a well for three days and how he would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Maybe they didn't understand it. Maybe, thought he, maybe they just thought he was speaking metaphorically. Maybe they heard it, but they didn't really believe it. Sometimes it's hard to keep having faith in something when the thing that you had faith in is now dead. And so you accept defeat. Maybe they believed it at one time, but now Jesus is gone. That faith is gone. I wish I, I wish I could know their thought process. But one thing for sure is that they had already accepted defeat. It was, it was done. Our Lord Jesus is, is dead. We're still mourning. We're, we're grieving. We're going to go and we're going to... We're going to try to take care of his body. We're going to try to make the most of this situation because, man, he, 
He's dead. Have you ever accepted defeat before you were actually defeated? I hope I'm talking to somebody this morning. I hope I'm talking to someone who, who, who is experiencing just a battle right now and, and you feel like you're losing. Have you ever accepted defeat before the game was actually called? I remember playing softball, man. <laughs> we lost nearly every game. I mean, we started the game thinking we we're going to be defeated, you know? And it's hard to do. It's hard to do. You know, it, 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 it's, there's just something that sucks away the positivity when, when you ask your coach, hey, what's the score? And then you're like, oh, I forget I asked. Like, it's just, it, you don't want to play anymore. And you start to accept defeat early on before the game is even over. And maybe, maybe you're looking at your situation, you look at your debt, and you're like, I don't even want to make a plan to get out. This is going to take me 80 years. You're already claiming a loss before it's, before it's even realized. And maybe you're still married, but, but you're, all, you're already saying to yourself, oh, this is over. I don't think we can last. I don't know who I'm talking this morning, but I want to remind somebody that when God is involved, defeat doesn't exist. When God is at work, you're not going to lose. We have, we have to recognize the difference between losing and lost. We have to recognize that difference because sometimes God is going to be causing us to be losing so that the comeback may be that much more powerful. If you're always winning, you don't need a miracle, man. If, if, if times are always good, you're going to learn how to rely more on what's good rather than on the good God. So God will make it seem sometimes like you're losing the battle and the sky is going to get dark and the thunder is going to roll and the hope is going to be fading away and the tears are going to be running down your face. And the natural thing to do is to mourn and to weep and to accept defeat because at this point, winning is impossible. But what happens in the impossible? That's when God gets an opportunity to do the miracle. One of my favorite verses is found in James 1.12 which says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Love that verse. And that verse sums up this whole message. It sums up the whole Christian walk. It talks about remaining steadfast, which translates to what? Endurance, perseverance, under trial. That word trial is the Greek word periasmos, which literally means experiment. God is putting you through an experiment. He's testing you sometimes. When you stood the test, you will receive the crown of life, which was promised by God to those who love him. In other words, the trial is a must in order to get the reward. Don't accept the defeat, even though it looks like you're losing. You're not losing. You're just getting closer to the miracle. You're not losing. You're just getting closer to to the victory. The climax of this story happens when the women get to the tomb and, 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 and they're prepared to deal with their loss. And to their surprise, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Have you ever thought about why the tomb was rolled away? Have you ever thought about that? Why was the tomb rolled away? Jesus had his glorified body Scripture tells us that, that he, he was able to walk through solid surfaces. Why, why was a tomb rolled away? It wasn't, it wasn't for him. He could get out. 
it was removed to provide proof that the miracle had already been done. So that the women could get there and, and, and astonished that the, that the stone was rolled away, they could go inside and they could see that the tomb was empty. It was so that when, when, when the women came back and they testified of, what the, of the things that they saw, the disciples and Peter can go in and, and run in and, 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 and walk in this place that, was, that represented death and realize that death wasn't in there anymore. It's gone. And so that, and, and the scripture says that in that moment, they remembered. They realized everything that Jesus had been saying. He had to endure the cross to, to, to get to the victory. Oh, it all makes sense now. It all makes sense now. And the angel told him, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how we told you. Remember how we told you while he was still in Galilee that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day, rise. God is telling someone this morning, man. Don't you remember how I promised provision to you? Don't you remember? You you might not see it right now because it feels like you're losing. But one day, that tomb is going to be empty. Don't you remember how I promised to give you hope? Don't you remember how I promised to give you a future to bless you and your children and their children? Don't you remember that I am with you even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Even though right now it seems like like the tomb is filled with death, one day it won't be. Because death is not final anymore. Your hardship isn't final anymore. Your pain is not final anymore. Your tears are not final. There is hope in Jesus Christ because he defeated the undefeatable, the champion who reigned forever. He defeated death. And someone needs to accept that this morning, that in your life, Jesus can conquer everything that you have deemed unconquerable. Everything. And in a very parallel way, just like these women were... We're seeking the, uh, the living among the dead. Sometimes we expect to find in our situations continued chaos. We expect to wake up every morning to find disappointment and to find hurt and to find hopelessness and, and regret. But God didn't promise any of those things. He didn't promise any single one of those things. Instead, he promised favor. He promised mercy. He promised undeserved grace. He promised love. He promised protection. He promised peace. He promised joy. I want to encourage you this morning, the people of God, not to look for the things that God never promised you, man. Stop waking up, claiming a loss over your life. God didn't, God, Jesus didn't die and resurrect for you to be Losing your entire life. So I want to encourage you, instead, seek the promises of God over your life. When God allows us to go through something, man, it's oftentimes because we have to go through it. We must go through it to get to the other side. There is no resurrection without there first being death. And that's the very thing that Christ came to prove, that even when we are dead in our sin, The impossible is made possible through him. Amen. 
this morning. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.